Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome in. You're listening to part two of a conversation on tapping into the power of your subconscious mind. I actually split this episode in two, so this is the second half to get the greatest benefit. I would suggest you listen to part one if you haven't already done so. Where we are in the conversation is talking about the role of the conscious mind, that its job is to ask the right question or to point the other than conscious mind in a direction, to get curious, to wonder, and then surrender to the other than conscious mind. Allowing the subconscious or the other than conscious mind to fulfill on our intention. So with that setup, I did rewind the conversation just a little bit so it picks up the whole context of where we left off. This is also why you want to do this when you're manifesting. You focus on it and you get curious how you're going to draw in the money, how you're going to draw in the circumstances that align with your intention, align with your desire, You don't want to consciously try and figure it out. You leave it up to the universe. You leave it up to your subconscious mind and your other than conscious mind, which is universal consciousness, to work out the details. And then you meditate. You enjoy yourself. You get in a good mood. So you relax your mind. You're not forcing it. And in those moments, you'll have inspired action, urgings, ideas that will come from your intuition deep within your subconscious your other than conscious mind which those urgings and promptings will be a gift from your other than conscious mind your universal mind you've heard it before the answer is pretty clear ask and you shall receive knock and the door shall be opened unto you ask your other than conscious mind ask the universe and then expect the wish to be fulfilled now let me talk a moment about trance How does trance occur? What does it feel like? Well, when I work hypnotically with somebody, I'm not too concerned as to the depth of trance because I understand that the other than conscious mind is always listening, always engaged. But trance states, altered states, are naturalistic in your daily experience. Every 45 to 90 minutes, you drift off into a deep trance state. You'll be daydreaming, your mind will wander, you'll become activated by something, and you'll be shifted into some kind of routine, some kind of pattern, whether it's picking up your phone or, and you're just mindlessly engaged. This is a trance state where your conscious mind kind of steps aside, and you might even be aware of what you're doing, but you can't or find it difficult to stop yourself or to shift gears. Because at that moment, you're knee-deep in this pattern, and it's been reinforced hypnotically, self-hypnosis, repeated every day or several times a day. And so there's that reinforcement. And then you also get the biochemical reinforcement of the feel-good chemicals, such as dopamine and endorphins, that reinforce this behavior, unconscious behavior, seemingly unconscious behavior. So again, trance state is that altered state of awareness that you drift in and out of several times a day. It is the perfect learning state for one. It's also the perfect state in order to process and integrate information. 
You see, your little conscious mind will tire out, wear out, if you're too consciously engaged in an activity, because frankly, it just can't handle all the information. Now, this is you as an adult. Let's talk about when you're a child. You see, from the ages of zero to about seven, you're in a continuous hypnogogic state. You're more in trance than you're conscious. And when you think about trance being the perfect learning state, that makes a lot of sense. Because from zero to five, you're learning all these new skills. You're learning how to dress yourself, how to how to drink out of a cup, how to ask for stuff, learn language, how to understand the adults, how to get along in this family dynamic. What are the customs? What are the rules? How can I get along? How can I maneuver through this, this maze of activity with the least amount of pain? And so it's easy to understand also is that a lot of our problems, a lot of our behavioral issues arise out of our programming as a kid, as a child. Because, again, we were in complete trance. It's like there was a direct pipeline right into our unconscious brain about all kinds of stuff. And also at those younger ages, we did not have the experience or the benefit of experience. We didn't know or have the perspective to put things in its proper place. And so we've made a lot of things that happen, events, criticisms, mean something specifically about us. Because in that trance state, everything is about us. We are at the center of the universe. So there's nothing that goes on around us that doesn't impact or we're not a part of. And then, as adults, people try to go through self-help programs, you know, personal development, in an effort to change some of the programming that occurred when they were younger. And some of it wasn't necessarily bad, it just wasn't the most productive. Because there is an economy of uh, resources that goes on in the brain. Once you learn how to do something, it tends to generalize and apply a strategy, a technique to other areas of your life. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you only have one option. You see, earlier I mentioned something about subpersonalities or parts or aspects of our personality. As we're growing up and we encounter a problem of trauma, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a big trauma, anything that we consider to be problematic. Now remember, it's not what happens to us, it's how we perceive what happens to us that makes all the difference, what we made it mean about us. But once something like that happens, a part of our brain says, I don't want to go through that again. And sometimes there is a part that's created, a subpersonality that has a strategy to avoid that situation. For instance, when I was younger, I was one of the younger kids in a group of older kids in the neighborhood. For instance, when I was seven, the other kids were 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. And so as a consequence, most of them were boys. They, uh, I was the brunt of a lot of teasing. And so somewhere along the line, I created a crystal around my heart, a glass case to separate me from my emotions. Now, just to be clear, that is metaphorical in nature. When I finally got around to doing the inner work, as I looked inside, it was as if there was a crystal glass case around my heart. Our subconscious, our other-than-conscious mind, speaks in metaphor. So when I was the focus of the teasing, it didn't bother me. I didn't allow it to bother me because I distanced myself from feeling that. 
that was a strategy. And what happens is when a part like that is born, it has a positive intention. But we begin using that strategy, that aspect or that subpersonality that's developed at that time doesn't ever really grow up. It doesn't realize that we are growing up. Everything is happening now. In fact, our other than conscious mind doesn't really factor in past or present. It all feels like now. This is why when you're manifesting, you want to focus your intentions and state it in the present as if it's happening right now or already happened. That way, it makes perfect sense to your other than conscious mind. But that protective part that was protecting my heart, that had my, my heart encased in glass or crystalline glass, it was, it was there to protect me. But it began applying that strategy to different relationships. To I was not fully emotionally involved in much of my, my teens and my 20s. Now, I enjoyed myself. I did, I'm not like some people that dissociate. They don't feel anything. I didn't feel any of the bad stuff. And so if you were to ask me, I either felt great or I felt pretty good. Those were the two emotions that I lived in or talked from day in, day out. I, was, I tolerated a lot of pain. See, I was aware of the pain, but I downplayed it. I pushed it off to the side. I put it on the back burner. I wasn't present to it because of this encasing in my heart. Now, I wasn't made present to that whole dynamic until I engaged or began learning neuro-linguistic programming. And there is a specific process in identifying the parts and then reintegrating them into the whole. You basically have to update your younger parts into the present moment and give them new tools. You also want to acknowledge them because they've played an important role in your life. Most often, you can see the results of these, these other parts, these younger parts, these sub-personalities by how they show up in your life today. And they tend to be those aspects that self-sabotage your efforts. And there's one of the three stress response or fear responses that occur. Either you get distracted where you run away or you stand and fight, you get angry most of the time over some very insignificant stuff, or you go numb, you freeze. So the stress response is fight, flight, or freeze. And so there are behaviors that basically engage in some aspect of those three that are present in your life. And you don't know why you respond that way. You know you, know you should be doing something, but you have the anticipation of pain, of boredom, of discomfort, and you tend to get distracted. You start doing something else or you get really tired. You can't think. It's hard to focus. This is all the response of a younger self that's trying to avoid responsibility. Now, I don't want to make this part wrong because it's serving you. It's beneficial. I mean, the intention is beneficial in nature and it works great for the most part when you're a kid, but not so much when you're an adult. Because there's things that you need to do. There's sometimes unpleasant things you need to do. Or you anticipate that they'll be unpleasant. And then you run this pattern. And you get distracted. You run off the rails. Well, I didn't really intend on going too deep into subpersonalities today. Uh, I'm going, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about subpersonalities and parts management and parts integration. Because I'm, I'm 
I've decided this morning that I'm going to create a, a beta coaching program just around that because it is a part of my aligned self, but I think it could play a bigger role and actually help some people without going through the whole aligned self process. But I'm still working it out, working out the details, but it's going to be some kind of beta coaching program where I work with three to five people and we'll identify your sub-personalities and we'll integrate them back into the whole, give them new jobs. And there is such, I have to tell you, when there's a sense of continuity and authenticity when you can do that, you feel like all your parts are aligned congruently. When you say you're going to go, you go. And so going through the process is very worthwhile. Now, normally I'd charge like $2,500 to do this, uh, but I'm going, to, I'm going to make this available for just a fraction of that for a small number of people. And you'll know, you'll kind of already know whether or not this might fit for you. You know, where are the areas of your life that you might be holding yourself back or running yourself astray? There's things that you know you should be doing, but you just can't get yourself to do. That's usually the result of a subpersonality or a part that hasn't been grown up yet. Now, just so you know that you're not weird, every person has some aspect of themselves that is fractured or splintered off, has developed at a different rate, has been put on a shelf somewhere. That's at, that's the shadow aspect of us. We tend to n- not like that behavior. We'll push that behavior away. We'll pretend that that's not us. Yet, it's in all of us to some degree. Now, in let me put it in a different perspective. In a very... Ex- I guess, traumatic situation where there's a lot of abuse, a lot of terrible things going on, there'll be separate personalities develop, separate distinct personalities. Most everyone's been aware of that in some degree. It's been out in the media, multiple personality disorder, or also referred to as dissociative personality disorder. But the subpersonalities occur basically the same way, but to a much smaller degree. And they're still somewhat integrated into the whole. It's just sometimes they seem to have a different agenda than what seems to fit us. And they were born at the other than conscious level, at a time in our life when we were, for the most part, in trance. So let me just kind of recap for a moment, and that is... The majority of what we learned occurred at the unconscious level, at the trance level, because we are in a hypnogogic state. Those early years, we learn things, we're a direct pipeline into our subconscious, and we try to use other approaches in order to change that. So as an adult, I have found that one of the most beneficial things to do is utilize hypnosis. In recent years, we've learned a lot about the hypnotic state. But also, there's a lot that we don't specifically know. It's like uh, being able to drive a car and know that it gets you from point A to point B, but not necessarily knowing the exact mechanics of what's going on underneath the hood. And so, trance can alter behavior when you program it. Now, self-talk, just talking to yourself, is reinforcing. Anything that you visualize is occurring at a trance level. If you get an emotional response to anything that you're vividly imagining, then you are in a deep trance state. It's also called deep trance identification. That sometimes happens when we're watching a movie and we're engaged with the characters and we're feeling the emotions and sometimes we cry in response to what's going on on the screen. Well, we know that it's not real, 
but we're pulled into it. We're in trance. We're identifying at a deep trance level with the character. Also, peak emotional states are also symbolic of a trance state. Anything that's said in anger, when the, when the anger is high, the intensity is rich, and everything's at a, high, at a fever pitch, those words that are delivered in that state seem to sink right to our heart. Because frankly, there's no filter. We're in an altered state. And those words of anger that are said are hard to take back because our other they, they go right to our other than conscious mind and we take them in as if they're the truth. The truth is, it ain't the truth. It's just a person's opinion that was, was said in anger. The hypnotic state, the trance state, is when the critical faculty, the conscious mind somewhat steps aside and you're no longer critically thinking about what's coming in. And as a hypnotist, there are ways for me to engage your mind in a way where your conscious mind will step aside. It'll participate in some regard. And sometimes it steps aside altogether. Some people have told me, I can't be hypnotized. I don't go into trance. Well, unless you're brain damaged, um, which probably means that you're more often in trance than not, a normal person goes into trance all the time. And so it's just incumbent upon me to recognize when you go into trance, how are you being resistant to trance or resistance to control? That's what the big thing is. People think they'll lose control. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. You actually have access to a greater amount, a greater capacity of your mind than you do in normal waking state. So again, it's not whether or not you can go into trance. It's incumbent upon me as a hypnotist to actually choose which program to put in, which is going to yield the most effective results for you. And I can recognize with over 50 years of experience, 30 years as a coach, which thread can I pull in order to unravel the tapestry that you want to get rid of? And then I say something that I'm going to say here, which is going to give you autonomy over the information that goes in. You see, I always suggest that your other-than-conscious mind is the gatekeeper. And so only those ideas that are effective, productive, and valuable for you, only for you, are the only ones that get in. Any idea that is erroneous, that isn't supporting of your persona, isn't supportive of your mind, if it's not productive, valuable, and effective for you, then you can cast it aside. Now, over the next few weeks, I'll probably give some more suggestions, some more ideas on how to program your other-than-conscious mind that you can do at home. But if you want to accelerate your progress, you can elicit me as a hypnotist or find a qualified hypnotist that's out there, and they'll have a body of work. They'll have testimonials. And you'll want to search those out because, frankly, it doesn't require any license, any special license to be certified as a hypnotherapist or a hypnotist. Especially when you realize that, for the most part, your peers, your boss, your parents, your your spouse has been programming you in one way or another without you really knowing it, without that gatekeeper. Remember, any idea that's not productive, valuable, and effective for you, you can cast aside. You no longer have to take that anymore. You can call BS. 
And with that said, I do want to state, sometimes I do offer to do hypnotic audio. Sometimes I work with people other than consciously. It's not always cheap, but the results are well worth it. That reminds me. And I'm going to pass this along because you'll be able to utilize this also in some way or shape or form in your life. I was talking to someone about, they were uh, talking about the price of something. And I said, when people pay me, sometimes they say that's a lot. And it's all relative. It's relative to the value that you get out of it. You see, a lot of people look at this from the wrong point of view. They feel that if they spend money with me or they spend money with somebody else, that they're just lining our pockets, that we're making out like bandits. But the truth is, the money that comes in is probably already spent or supporting an infrastructure. It could be gone in a day, in a week, in a month. And But you, you get the value, the long-term value of the result of the transformation the rest of your life. So which one of us is really the one making out? If you begin thinking about money, about investments, about price as the long-term value that you're going to get from it, you're no longer caught up in sticker shock. You're no longer caught up in the price of things. You get connected to the value of things, the value of life. And you'll start spending money differently because when we're caught up in the price of things, we're coming from the space of scarcity. When we're connected to the value that things or investments bring into our life, then we're connected to abundance. And so when you're buying either a car or a shirt or a blouse or a dress or an experience, what is the long-term value? See, I've paid for experiences more than I should have because I still have that experience. I still remember it. It was well worth it. I've blown all kinds of amounts of money on things that had no long-term value. And it took me a while to get connected to the value of things, the value of my investments. The value Now, this is not just money, but it's also time. How are you investing your time? Is there a long-term value? Can you put a price on the value of one good idea that shifts and changes your life? And that's what I hope to do in this podcast is to continually provide you with at least one good idea that you can implement in your life that makes a difference in your happiness, that gives you greater access to your conscious mind, to your other than conscious mind, more life out of your living. What I want you to get out of this, what I'd like you to take away is the power and value of your other than conscious mind, that you have a workhorse right inside you that is willing to do anything you want and is capable of shifting and transforming your life in the most amazing way. I'm hoping you say to yourself, I would like a more intimate relationship with my other than conscious mind. I want to master my mind, master my communication, and master my emotions. And as you do, remember everything that you say, everything that you imagine has an impact on your other than conscious mind. Are you thinking the things, saying the things, imagining the things that you want to program into your mind? Do you want your life to be the result of that programming? Are you consciously taking responsibility 
for your own communication with yourself. If you take that away, then my job is done here today. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. Thank you.